Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist. Fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. everybody welcome to a brand new episode of what's going down here uh, wherever you get your podcast my name is kenny joined as always by mr finley martin finn how are you today kenny i'm okay yes i'm all right how are you doing i'm good i'm good i'm feeling you know quite sad i did listen to the, the final wrestling roast this morning so i did just want to say a very sincere thanks to ollie and kj for an amazing 101 episodes they did really really well and i know they've both got a lot going on in their lives, um, as you can hear them talk about in the final episode, but yeah, I just want to say thank you very much to them um, uh, for yeah for all, for all the episodes that they've done, and uh, I hope that we're, we're going to have to to pick up the slack, Finn. Now, mm. now those people are going to be looking to us on Tuesdays and Fridays to to entertain them uh, as well. So you know, our, our work's cut out for us. Well, yeah, well, we'll have to see how that goes, won't we? I did I ever appear on the wrestling roast? I did, didn't I? Yes, you did the wrestling roast once. You did, you've done the Pot of Thunder a few times, but wrestling roast was, yeah. was one. It was the Halloween Havoc 99 review. That was the one I remember. Yeah, yeah, you did that. And then you did another one before that, but that was that was the. That's it. You've been at Halloween Havoc 99 in Vegas, right? That was the. You've been at that show. That's it, yeah. I do remember the Halloween Havoc 99 one being a barrel of laughs. Yeah, very funny. You can still hear that on the Patreon feed. Um, but we are here to talk about this week's wrestling. Lots to talk about, the return of Roman Reigns on this past Friday's SmackDown. But I did want to ask you, Finn, a couple of questions about last week's Dynamite. We did get the, the main event of John Moxley defeating Kenny Omega in the big steel cage match. And the uh, the, the, the finale... Of that was the turn by Don Callis on Kenny Omega screwdriver. Moxley wins. I mean, you were a big fan of Don Callis when he was uh, an Impact. I know you've been a fan of his act. Um, was this the right time for him to leave Omega? And who, you know, where where does he go from here in your mind? Um, yeah, I mean, I thought. I mean, the thing is, um, I mean, Don Callis to me is a natural heel. He didn't really work as a baby face, so I think most people saw this coming at some point. Um, and they didn't say afterwards because Brian Danielson was on commentary and he was asked if he knew in advance. Did he have advanced knowledge that Don Callis was going to betray Kenny Omega to enable John Moxley to score the win? And Brian Danielson kind of said, no, I didn't know, but I'm very, very pleased. And um, so does he join the Blackpool Combat Club? I would imagine he will. Um, I don't know whether they really need him, but I mean that seems to be his natural destination, doesn't it? Because I yeah, mean, I think, it, I, think be he like... could, I think he could be pretty good with Blackpool Combat Club. You know, 
I think he's a he's a good shit stutter basically yeah. as a character. So yeah, I mean, I'm hoping for some sort of explanation. I mean, I, I mean, who knows if we'll get it? Um, I mean, John Moxley only you know leathered Callis with that reckless, sloppy, bloody forearm where he cut his head. I mean, what a scar he left! That was one of the weirdest things ever. Yeah, when Moxley just hit him with a forearm backstage. Callis was stationary. There was no reason at all for him to strike him with undue force. He did. He went down, massive cut on his head, huge scar. So we need an explanation as to why Don Callis, after being clobbered by Moxley, has now helped him defeat Kenny Omega, a man who was apparently like a son to Don Callis. Yeah, I mean, we, we need an explanation on Wednesday, don't we, for that? Yeah, we need we need the big Don Callis promo. And the other question, I'm just going to ask you something really obvious, Finn, because people are talking about it, so I should I should mention it to you. You know, we are now, um, as of this recording, we are uh, a week and a half away, uh, 11, 11 days away from Double or Nothing. Um, yeah. So one of AEW's four pay-per-views a year, and we only have... Two matches announced for the card. We have the... I'd say FTR versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Oh joy! And <laughs> um, and the four corners match in the uh, in the main event. So and obviously you know we know we're going to get something with the elite in the Blackpool Combat Club. But my question was going to be, um, you know, AEW in a different way to WWE. You know, AEW are still in traditional pay per view rather than, uh, you know, a monthly thing where you just pay a five or ten dollar thing. Does it? Do you think it's going to hurt? Because AEW last year when they did Forbidden Door, I think a lot of us thought the number was probably going to be down because the build was not very good. But yeah. the number actually ended up kind of exceeding expectations of what people thought it was going to be. This, do you? What do you think about this? Do you think that the lack of build and lack of matches announced is going to hurt this show? Or do you think as long as they you know, have the matches announced by the go-home show that people will just buy the pay-per-view anyway and it won't really, be, it won't really matter? I mean, they, they do seem to have, you know, a built-in hardcore audience who buy the events um, every quarter or whenever it is. It's more than quarterly because, of course, there's Forb- Forbidden Dawn all in London as well this year, which we have to assume will be um, screened on a paid-for platform somewhere. I mean, you're going to have to pay for that one. Surely that's not going to be screened on free TV. Why would they screen that one on free TV? Um, so... I mean, if it holds up, if the number holds up really well for double or nothing, it just shows they don't really need to try. And that's, you know, for the audience on one hand, well, yeah, be a loyal fan. But on the other hand, it's like you should be expecting more from this company. You know, it's these ex- these events are expensive, aren't they, Kenny? They're not $10. They're not $50 $20. In the, $50 in the US they are. Exactly. It's a lot of money to shell out. And I think the audience should expect value for their $50. Um, and I think AEW, you know, should have a reciprocal arrangement there where they have sufficient, you know, respect and consideration for their audience that they want to give them the best. So, yeah, I don't really know why they haven't announced more matches. I mean, they could have done quite easily, couldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. I think at the moment, I think a lot of the, the, the excitement that people have the AEW is stuff that is not the pay per view. Yes, it's you know it's the the collision CM Punk show, or it's the London Wembley show, or it's Forbidden Door. It's not really double or nothing, and I think that's. And I think I think the I actually don't think that I think you can just announce two matches on a card at this point and kind of leave it later if the two matches are like you know top tier blockbuster matches, but the two that they've announced, I mean. FTR versus J- Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal is, is very much for me because I think Jeff Jarrett is great and FTR are a really good team, but you know it's not setting the world on fire. No, matters. it's not. And it seems inconceivable that Jarrett and Lethal are going to win. And the fact that it just seems so unlikely might mean that they will. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I imagine Wardlow will defend against Christian Cage. That seems probable. Yes. In fact, that seems inevitable. I think that will be announced this week. And the BTC um, versus the Elite, obviously, in some style of match. Yes, possibly they'll just have like an eight-man or a six-man, and then that'll lead to Blood and Guts. Surely they're going to be the posing teams in the Blood and Guts match, I would think. Yeah, 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 100%. And then you've got to imagine Adam Cole and Chris Jericho is going to be announced as well. Um, I don't yeah. know what this match is going to be. 
what maybe it's just Jamie Hayter versus Soraya, but I don't really. It doesn't feel like that's. Yeah, that they, they haven't really done a whole lot with that. And wasn't there a report that Soraya was having having like some injury problems? I think there was a report. Oh, I'm going to butcher. Um, there was there was some there was something that she has, which is like a bloating thing that can happen sometimes. Okay, so when that's there, she you know obviously she doesn't want to go out in her gear, which is you know a little bit revealing. So she. But, I, but she kind of denounced that and said, "Yeah, I do have that, but it doesn't mean I can't wrestle." All right, so, okay. Um, but I mean, maybe they do. Uh, maybe it's going to be the outcast against a team. Um, but I mean, none of none of what's getting announced is feels like it's going to be. I mean, I think yeah, and that and that feud's been going on for weeks, and they've had numerous yeah. matches on TV. I think Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite Pro is going to be the big thing of the show. That's probably going to be the thing that people are interested in or are talking about. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if this time the number holds up, like you say, if the kind of people they've got who loyally buy all the pay-per-views, if they continue that trend. Um, so we'll see. Um, yeah. This past Friday, SmackDown was in Knoxville, Tennessee, and the big story, of course, well, one of the big stories, was uh, the other finalist was going to be announced to see who faces Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. So we had AJ Styles, Edge and Rey Mysterio in the first match, which uh, AJ Styles was victorious when he uh, pinned Edge with a phenomenal forearm. And then we had Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley and Sheamus in a triple threat match where Bobby Lashley uh, broke, uh, broke, Bobby Lashley won after Sheamus had broke kick Theory and Lashley tossed Sheamus out. So kind of the same as the three-way finish at the pay-per-view or the PLE. And then the, uh, it all led to the main event, which was uh, AJ Styles against Bobby Lashley, where AJ Styles defeated Big Bob, and he goes to the next champions. How did you feel this triage of matches went, and how did you uh, how do you feel about AJ being the, the winner? Um, I think most people expected AJ to win, and I think it's good for his career that he's been placed in this prominent position. But I think he's got he's to deliver at night of champions because... I thought Theory versus Sheamus versus Lashley was a good match. I thought there was a lot of realism there, and I thought he did really well. Lashley bled, uh, bled a lot, actually. Um, so when they managed to like patch him up before he started bleeding again in the main event in the match with Styles. But I've got to say, I thought, um, I thought Edge versus Styles versus Rey Mysterio was a big disappointment. I mean, that should have been a lot better. It really should have been, and there was a notable... Um, botched job right at the finish where um, Edge was in the ring Rey Mysterio climbed to the top rope and Rey there's usually not that much hesitancy okay there was some with his son but that's because he was in there with Dominic who's not very good as we know um, but generally you just don't see this with Rey Mysterio everything's so fluid there's no you know pauses between moves that kind of give the way, game away that you know, he's making eye contact with his opponent. He's like, you ready? Yeah, ready. You know, that type of thing. Uh, so he was on the top rope. And I think he was he was supposed to jump off and Edge was supposed to spear him in midair. And Edge didn't do that. And Ray landed on him and it sort of looked like they botched a DDT. They didn't, as Wade Barrett on commentary then pointed out. He said what was supposed to happen that actually didn't happen. So Edge was supposed to spear Ray. He didn't. It was a, you know, it was a bit of a mess. And then um, AJ Styles flew in with a phenomenal forearm and Hobbit Edge and scored the pin. And it was really weird to see Edge do the job after, you know, pinning Balor in those matches and seemingly <laughs> was invincible in Hell in a Cell. And to see him do the job to like one phenomenal forearm was very odd. So I was expecting a lot more from that opening match, Kenny. I don't know what you thought of it. Yeah, no, I, I, there was some, definitely something missing. I mean, Edge had done the promo on social media a few days before where he's, you know, he's hinting at retirement and, you know, that yeah. you know, winning the title would be the perfect way to kind of cap off his career. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think the problem, you've got Rey Mysterio who has been involved in this really hot feud with Dominic. And then you've got AJ Styles who feels really flat. Edge, who I think feels quite flat. So it, it kind of had an uphill battle, but they are all very good when they're in an ideal scenario. So you were hoping it was all going to kind of come together. But, yeah. um, I mean, yeah. look at the experience level. We've got three guys in the 40s who've been doing this forever. And that should have been a lot better than it was. And, you know, it just goes to show that Edge should never have beaten Finn Balor at WrestleMania. 
Like, I mean, we talked about this at the time. I say it again now. That was one of the strangest, you know, just count. In a sense, it doesn't matter because Balor's over and he's established now and the Judgment Day is a really hot act. But like, why didn't they give Balor the ring, uh, the, the win there? I just, I just do not he, get it. He could have been more over had he been Edge. You know, you exactly, could... exactly. He could be bragging about it in promos. You know, it'd be they could do some like really good stuff there with Dominic Mysterio because he was the one who you know turned on Edge back at Clash at the Castle, and there was a you know there was a lot of mileage in that for the Judgment Day, and instead Edge won, and it means nothing to his career. Yeah. So yeah, I thought so. I thought Theory Sheamus versus Lashley was better. Uh, enjoyed that match, and uh, and then the main event. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was sluggish in places. Um, in the end, Lashley missed a charge into the corner, hit the ring post, and then Styles won with the phenomenal forearm. I mean, wasn't it bizarre to see Lashley do the job to the phenomenal forearm? The they, new... they're, they're, they're putting over the phenomenal forearm with all of a sudden the killer move in WWE. Yeah. So it's it seems weird that Styles is really flat. Maybe, Scott... then, maybe AJ Styles in his time off perfected the phenomenal forearm. Maybe he hits it now with such an urgency and packs such a punch that his <laughs> opponents are just, you know, there's no hope for them if they get hit with it. Well, what gets me, and this is something that has annoyed me for years, if that is the case, we've just invented that now, or you've uh-huh. just invented that now, yep. why not have a short video of AJ Styles practicing the phenomenal forearm on a wrestling dummy, right, in the ring, over uh-huh. and over and over again? Wow, AJ, you've really, you know, they could have Gallows and Anderson there. Wow, AJ, you've really perfected that move. You know, it's going to put everyone down. You know, no one's going to be able to survive the impact of the phenomenal forearm, you know, but 2.0 or whatever. Well, not 2.0. That's got a bit of a bad connotation due to the old NXT business, hasn't it? But you know what I mean? Why not just you. do a little video like that? Why can't we be booking the territory, Finn? We would, we would, look what we could do for AJ Styles. Um, <laughs> But yeah, AJ and Seth at Night of Champions, I hope that they deliver in the night. Seth Seth has been great, so I think Seth will be able to even make old Alan Jones styles interesting. <laughs> um, we should mention Cameron Grimes got a, a six-second win over Baron Corbin in his SmackDown debut. Baron Corbin uh, is unceremoniously uh, pinned in six seconds, which is good for Cameron Grimes. He uh, didn't take him much at all to Finish off old Corbs. Absolutely right. I mean, I, you know, I've championed Ca- uh, Cameron Grimes for a long time. I'm a big fan of his, and um, I think Corbin actually is really good in this role, in this loser character. I'm not sure where it's going to go. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe out the exit. Maybe that's where he's going to go. I'm not sure. Did you notice though that Cameron Grimes has has definitely realised on the main roster he's he's toned up a bit. He's- yes. That's right, yeah. That's right. I mean, it's funny, on the mic, Corbin <clears throat> predicted that Grimes was going to suffer a crushing loss in two minutes. And instead, the bell rang. Corbin, like, ran at Grimes. Grimes hit the cave-in. Perfectly timed. One, two, three, as you said. Six-second win for Grimes. Fans were doing the to-the-moon movement. Um, you know... I mean, I know it's just a win over Cam, uh, just a win over Baron Corbin, but you couldn't have asked for a better start for Cameron Grimes, could you? Yeah, no, it's very, very, very good for him. So hopefully, uh, the vignettes start coming and we start getting character development from Cameron Grimes because he's uh, he's got a lot he can offer to the blue. Yeah. He's a, I mean, he's a big enough personality and very animated that he he might be all right even without that. But you know, that would be beneficial, of course. Um, we did have a championship celebration for the Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair, who's on SmackDown, and <laughs> and that that is shade I'm throwing at WWE for this uh, apparent apparent. There's been no mention of what's going to happen to the titles. No, the Raw Women's the Raw Women's Champ is now on SmackDown. SmackDown Women's Champion's on Raw, and that just seems to be the way that it is. So, um, I think we better we better just get used to it. That's, I mean, we've got no other option. Um, but uh, she's in there. She's you know very happy. She's got balloons. And uh, Asuka comes out. And Asuka offers her a handshake. And as Bianca smiles to accept, Asuka sprays her with a mist. And it uh, looks like a heel turn for Asuka, um, which, you know, is much more interesting than 
just her being a babyface. Is the heel turn going to help Asuka fit? And that is the eternal question. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, the problem for Bianca with a heel Asuka is that Asuka is very entertaining, as we know. So this could prove problematic for Bianca, yeah, she had that amazing night at Backlash, but she hasn't had an amazing night for a long time prior to that, if you think about it. She seemed rather, you know, apathetic towards things. Nothing really feels like it's progressing or growing in terms of her character or her performance, you know, apart from the Backlash match, which was balls. You know, in some ways, I'd rather they, you know, kept that thing going, Kenny. Bianca yeah. Neal, I mean... Earlier on the show, there'd been a uh, promo backstage with Damage Control and, uh, you know, Bailey was being obnoxious and Eo Sky was looking at her like Eo found her obnoxious and was, you know, possibly contemplating a split. So I think there's a lot more, you know, um, value in Eo Sky than Bianca Belair. And I would have liked to have seen them let that one play out first rather than, you know, doing the ask a heel turn. You know, it seems to me like, well, why... Why not capitalize on what you know unexpectedly happened at Backlash? Because I think there'd be a you know a lot of enthusiasm for a rematch being between Bianca Belair and uh, Io Sky. I mean, rather than then just you know progressing straight to Bianca versus Asuka, who's, as you said, just turned heel here in Knoxville. Um, I thought Bianca massively oversold oversold the spray. Um, and if you actually go back and listen to Michael Cole. You could tell on commentary that he did as well because he did not show much sympathy towards Bianca. I think he was just annoyed by her performance and she totally oversold it and was still overselling it in the trainer's room backstage, you know, several minutes later. Anyway, what did you make of it, Kenny? Yeah, I mean, I can echo what you said. I mean, she did oversell the spray, like, you know, like amateur dramatic levels, you know, panto levels of, uh, you know, of of selling, but uh, I mean, I like asking the heel role. The only thing I can think of uh, of why they're not continuing the Elo Sky thing is: are they just going to do in the next week or two the rest of Damage Control turning on you? Is she going to go babyface now? Is that the plan? Um, maybe, uh, but yeah, I would have definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that's the destination. I think Eo will split, and Bailey and Dakota will just form a regular team, maybe become tag team champions. Although you know. <laughs> They had a match on the show, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan versus Bailey and Dakota Kai. And, it, you know, it, that should have been better as well. I thought that was a, I thought that, I mean, these, they've been working together for a long time. And it just, you know, it's a lot of like half speed stuff. And it just looked like they weren't really that good. And uh, I mean, maybe they're not. Or maybe like everything that's been happening for the last years and years, maybe that Bailey versus Eva Marie. Match was an illusion. And maybe it was Eva Marie who carried Bailey in that match, Kenny. And I've just woken up to this reality. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, is that, is that weird thing where in wrestling you have to have one of two things? And if you have both of them, you're, you know, you'll go to the moon. If you have the charisma and sort of wherewithal to be a big character, you're fine. If you're great in the ring, you're fine. If you're both, you know, strap the rocket to you. But with these women, it's like they're not very big characters. They're not very good in the ring. I mean, Smiley Raquel Rodriguez. I mean, I just, I hate it so much. 
you know, her and Liv Morgan, I mean, the acting on display here is is I mean, calling at high school level would be a would be over complimenting them. Yeah. Like it's Liv just... Morgan's like playing this like living doll character now, isn't she? Where she sort yeah. of sits there with these like doll like expressions. And Raquel's got this very frustrating ring uh, ring performance, which she's got laid out. She just does the same things every match. Now, I know this is typical in WWE, but she she doesn't really deviate from this tried. Well, it's not tried and tested because, I mean, it wouldn't be a problem if it's tried and tested. I don't think this repertoire that she's got worked out does really, really works for her. And yeah, yeah, she was, to me, seemed far more comfortable in NXT than she is, is here on the main roster. And she's been there quite a while now. I mean, she arrived last summer, didn't she? So she's not a newcomer anymore. Nope. And, you know, I just feel I've, I expected so much more from Raquel Rodriguez than she's delivered. You know, and I'm a fan of hers. You know, I want her to succeed. Um, but I just don't think it's really working. Um, the other, obviously, the biggest uh, thing to come out of SmackDown is the return of Roman Reigns. And he came out here. You know, he's there with the bloodline and, you know, it, it, he basically kind of, you know, reads down the act of what's happened with Solo. You know, Solo stepped up and he, he credits Solo with taking care of problems. And then, of course, it's the Usos' turn. He, he was worried, would Solo sink or swim? And he swam like a shark. Swam like a shark. What a line. And, uh, and then, you know, the Usos are there kind of like, you know, squirming because they just don't know what's coming. And Reigns, uh, you know, said, you know, you dedicated your tag title rematch to me and then you lost. And, uh, and you know, it goes on and on and on. And then he basically says, you know, uh, the, 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 the tag titles are going to come back to the bloodline. Well, well, uh, firstly, firstly, he wanted an apology from them, didn't he? He did, he did. He wanted an apology for dedicating the match to him and then losing and then Jimmy made the mistake of laughing, didn't he? And that was that was a big problem, wasn't and it? When, when Reigns pie faced Jimmy and was sort of going back to him, it was the it was like finally the stuff that we loved about the bloodline is back. You know, with it's like the, the the main characters here again, so we actually can get some movement in the story. So, um, yeah, and, and you know he's he's kind of threatening Jimmy. You know, you're going to do something. And you know Jimmy's Jimmy's going to do something. Then Jay cuts in front and says, "We apologize, us." And you know, give us one more shot. And you know, the the titles come back to the bloodline. This is when Roman says, "Yeah, the titles will come back to the bloodline." And Heyman explains that at Night of Champions, the bloodline will get the titles back because it'll be Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns. And I mean, I did not see this coming whatsoever. I was very happy to be swerved, bro. That's <laughs> too soon, Finn. But, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought it's this was a really good... Two, it's been two months now. It's been two months. We, we can we can laugh. Um, but yeah, a very big surprise to hear that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to be performing in Saudi Arabia. Um, it is worth noting that uh, Saudi Arabia and Serbia have uh, decided to diplomatically work together in some way, which I assume is part of the reason why Sami is now willing to go. Uh, to Saudi Arabia, but uh, what did you yeah. make of this big announcement? Well, also as well, I mean, Sammy's one half of the uh, undisputed tag champs. He's one of the big players now. So, I mean, you I'm sure if he, if he really didn't want to go, they wouldn't have made him go. Um, but I'm, I think he recognises that he has, you know, moral duty, you know, to represent the company on these big events. Now he's one of the big players. So that might have entered into it as well. Um, but yeah, I love this segment. I thought it was really well done. Uh, I thought Roman Reigns was was hilarious. Solo didn't really have to do much. Uh, Paul Heyman just chimed in, you know, occasionally. You know, he's always, you know, um, great value for money. And Jimmy and Jay were there, and yeah, it was it was so funny when when Reigns started telling him off, and then Jimmy was like thinking that is this a joke? You know, it's like you know, is the hidden camera somewhere or what? You know. And then it was hilarious that Roman Reigns was bringing up them doing the uh, the Goodfellas, um, you know, homage, you know, in the run up to WrestleMania. It's like, you know, and Jimmy's there laughing and Roman Reigns is saying, well, you know, I'm a clown. Am I here to make you laugh? Do I amuse you? So he was coming out with the the famous uh, Joe Pesky lines from Goodfellas. That was really funny. (laughs) 
and uh, and then you know it gave Jimmy a good you know good shove, and it got very serious very quickly, and the mood changed as it should have done, and Jimmy reacted in the way he was supposed to react that Roman Reigns is the tribal chief, he's the boss, and if Roman Reigns is angry with him, then Jimmy should be fearful, he should be concerned, he should be worried for his future in the bloodline, and we know where this is all going, and you know I'm really looking forward to where where it's all going, which is you know Jimmy and Jay heels uh Jimmy and Jay face turn uh, and Roman and solo as the heels, and you know we'll see how all that plays out, but I think there's a lot of mileage in the split. You know, they won't rush it. We know they won't because they didn't rush the Sammy thing. And they all know that this here has got, you know, this split needs to be done over a period of time. You know, and and there's but there's going to be a lot of support for Jimmy and Jay when they reach that point where they're opposing Roman and Solo. And potentially you could have Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens involved as well. Hope this doesn't lead to another, you know, 39-minute War Games match, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you, there's a lot of storyline possibilities there like loads you know you don't have to think too deeply about it it kind of writes itself and everyone knows how to play his character and they all just mesh so yeah really well done and it'd be interesting to see what happens there i can't call that match i did work it out and i think i'm right about this that on the date of night of champions I think that would be Roman Reigns' 1,000th day as champ. I think that's right. It's either day 999 or day 1,000. Wow. So that will be quite an event as well. You know, on the day that he's been a champ for 1,000 days, will he add another title? Or oh, actually two titles, you know, to his um, to his trophy cabinet. And I think there's a lot of mileage there in Roman and Solo as as, as champs with Roman coming out with four belts and Jimmy and Jay being even more upset that Roman's got all the, you know, all the hardware and they've got none. But at the same time, I think most of us probably would like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to, you know, have a, a, you know, for, to be champs for a little bit longer. Yeah. hundred percent. And just to uh, think it is worth noting. So yeah, basically the, the Syria and Saudi relations have got better this year. In January, the imports resumed, and then it was April when uh, there was uh, meetings between the two. And uh, the 9th of May, Saudi Arabia decided to resume work of diplomatic mission in Syria, which had been suspended since November 2011. So I guess one of the things is Sammy will still be allowed to do is Syria stuff that he's done. You know, now that's not an issue. Now the countries are back on the same page for now. Um, it means that he can kind of go with, I guess, a clearer conscience. Um but yeah. Um uh, yeah, well, I mean that's obviously really good for those countries, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um so uh, let's move on to Raw. We had Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens kind of responding to the 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 situation on Raw. Zayn cut a pretty impassioned promo on Roman Reigns, which is really good. Um and they that we ended up uh on the show uh, having uh Becky Lynch respond to Trish Stratus, which obviously last week we were talking about Becky's return. We'd mentioned how the feud wasn't really working and, you know, was Becky pulling her her, uh, her weight here in the feud? So Becky kind of gave a, a, a promo about Trish. How did she do? Do you think she did anything to instill any more confidence in you for this feud than you had before? Or are you still, uh, you know, stone cold and levels of excitement? Well, it was an impassioned speech for sure. I mean, she really did put her heart and soul into it. So, I mean, I like that aspect of it. I mean, I was thinking about this when, actually when I was driving in the car the other day. Mm. And, uh, and I was thinking, why are these two having a match? And one of these two, actually Becky really, should be champion. This should be over the title, shouldn't it? Yep. Since it's all about who's the best female wrestler ever. And I was just thinking, well, what a shame that Becky Lynch is not champ, because then you'd have a you'd have a, a reason for them to square off against each other. At the moment, it's just a straight sort of heel turn that wasn't that dastardly, and you know it was over a tag team title that Becky wasn't really that bothered about anyway. Um, so yeah, that, that I just thought, wow, you know, if the if the championship was at stake here, then they really would have been onto something, but it isn't. And I don't think they are. So they're having the match at Night of Champions. At first, people were saying it was going to take place at SummerSlam, weren't they? 
And we were trying to work out how the hell they were going to prolong this thing um, for like another, what is it, like two and a half months? I mean, it was just didn't seem feasible, did it? No. But um, I mean, yeah, so I, I didn't expect we were going to get Becky and Trish at Night of Champions, but that is what we're getting. So, yeah, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see if Trish can, you know, next week give us the... I, th- I thought it was a good promo. I'm still not... I wouldn't say I'm excited for it, but I'm, I'm, I'm more into it than I was last week. But I mean, that was a low bar. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we do need to mention Finn. Um, the battle royal to determine the number one contender for the IC title at Night of Champions was won by Mustafa Ali. And as soon as he won, I thought, "Oh God, Finn's going to be unbearable on the podcast." I was thinking, it didn't even, it didn't even start there. I see your Facebook. It's you know, you you were doing sort of figurative cartwheels on Facebook at Mustafa Ali's moment has finally come. You must have been uh, over the moon. Here it is. You know, I even think I even sent out a rare tweet about it. <laughs> I also retweeted the uh, the famous um, uh, promo from Invasion, you know, with Steve Austin when he was trying to crack the uh, Undertaker up. You know that famous uh, promo? Yeah. There? Oh, what a he keeps, repeating everything, he keeps repeating everything that Vince is saying. Absolutely <laughs> blinded. Um, so yeah, Mustafa Ali won here. I, I enjoyed the Battle Royal. I thought there were some good little stories in there with the Alpha Academy, you know, Maximum Male Models. Uh, Akira Tozawa was first out. I think he was first out in like two consecutive Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royals. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of like a, an in-joke that they have there. I think it was Baron Corbin who eliminated him and then he, Corbin was eliminated immediately after, I think, by Dexter Loomis. Could have that wrong. I think it was Dexter who hurled him. So, I, I, yeah, I thought there was some good stuff in here. I mean, Apollo Cruz, you know, he's, I mean, he's obviously doomed. We know that, but they gave <laughs> him a little bit of TV time here. Uh, JD McDonough, um, he beat up Dolph Ziggler at ringside. I was pleased to see McDonough receive um, like, a, like a promo backstage and he also had like a video as well. So it seems like they're trying with him. I think Dolph Ziggler... I mean, he needs to dispatch Dolph very quickly, doesn't it? We don't want. Yeah, to- I did like one night. <laughs> yeah. We don't need this to be a program. Exactly, all. and it needs to be like Dolph just needs like you know two little comebacks, and then JD wins convincingly. I'm sure he will five yeah. minute match. So um, in the end, it was Bronson Reed and Bronson Reed and Ricochet were on the apron. Uh, and Ali knocked them both off to win the ma- win the battle royal. Gunter was at ringside with the rest of Imperium, and uh, yeah, I thought this was well done for what it was. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's no one out there who seriously believes that Mustafa Ali is going to defeat Gunter, um, but I think it's a good gig for him, and I was pleased that he won. Uh, yeah, I think what's coming out of it is Mustafa Ali and Gunter are going to have a great match on the night at Night of Champions. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it, I mean, I would like if Mustafa Ali next week could have some sort of sit-down promo to explain the character and to give us a little bit more. But, I mean, I think you're only really going to get that if this is a sustained push, which, you know, we'll we'll, which, we'll find out. But Which it, 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 it probably isn't going to be. I mean, I hope it's not like... Remember the Ricochet Lesnar match? The first showdown match, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I hope get, we don't get that. I mean, I don't think it, I don't think it could be any worse than that. And also, I don't, Gunther's not the type of guy who has those matches. If you if you're wrestling Gunther, you've got to have, you've got to be able to go. You yeah. There, there, there's not a, you know, there's no two minute match in sight. So I think it'll be a good match in the night. Um, I did also want to ask you about uh, we have the Seth Rollins sit downs throughout the show. Um, talking about obviously the fact that he's going to Night of Champions, we we often talk about how these kind of segments are things that are missing, and we want to see more of. Do you feel that this helped Seth's case? Um, yeah, I think he did do. I mean, I mean, Seth's doing well at the moment, so I mean, everybody seems to think he's going to be AJ, and it sort of seems too obvious, doesn't it, that he's going to win? Almost seems too obvious, but I th- I think he is going to, but it. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't, because it seems, you know, the way it's been painted is that Seth, the title, you know, he's, he, he, the title's already in the back. You know, he, he, all he's got to do is just show up and they'll give him the belt. So would it, uh, if, if, if AJ Styles somehow beat Seth Rollins, so the SmackDown wrestler becomes the Raw World Heavyweight Champion, does that mean that he just goes to Raw? Well, they haven't explained that, but presumably, 
uh, which doesn't really make any sense because why would you, you know, they explain that, you know, this title will be defended on Raw because Roman Reigns defends his, well, he, he very rarely defends his belts on SmackDown. Um, and that's why, you know, this by this championship has been created because Raw needs a world title. So, yeah, it doesn't, it just seems, yeah, it seems inevitable that Rollins is going to win. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed the promos, um, the videos with Corey Graves, the sit-down interview, and it was short and snappy, and he talked about various things in his career. And I think it's going to continue next week, isn't it? He's going to talk about Roman Reigns. Yes, so we're, we're getting the next chapter next week. I thought, I mean, I I like promos like this. I think they, they help everybody who yeah. you do them for. Um, I, I I do wish. I mean, if I was to focus on it, I could tear my hair out at the lack of sense that this tournament makes with SmackDown wrestlers in it. And it's kind of it's almost quite insulting as a viewer that that they can't even give you a thirty second explanation. You know, yeah, but they've not. So you just have to, you know. Rather than annoy yourself, just move on. But yeah, I think Seth. I think Seth is going to win, and if it, I hope that if he wins the world title, he comes back to Raw, and you know have Drew McIntyre come out and team with him or something against heels and do the turn. Get, yeah, get the turn. Um, I think that could be a great program to take us into kind of June, July. Um, yeah, agreed. I think that'd be um, you know that'd be a you know big match and money in the bank if they want to book it there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had the Cody promo responding to Lesnar, um, and he said, you know, Cody, uh, Brock's been on top in WWE for years because he's better than 99% of the wrestlers, but at Backlash, he wasn't better. Um, and uh, Cody actually brought up a point which a lot of wrestlers would, don't bring up, and I think in this instance, it was good. He said, you know, Lesnar calling the win cheap, you know, it was a wrestling move that counters another wrestling move. Which is a good way to look at it, right? Because he did pin him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The object of it is to pin your, make your opponent submit, isn't it? Not to beat him into oblivion. Yeah. And, you know, so I think I I really like how they're kind of using this and having Cody kind of go, you know, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but kind of going, so I'm I'm being penalized because I won. You know, because I because I beat him, uh, but it, you know, then he obviously accepts the challenge for Night of Champions. So, um, they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna square off next week on Raw, aren't they? Yes, yeah, the go home show. So, uh, so that'll be good. Um, we should mention, unfortunately, Liv Morgan is injured. So for now, uh, we just got Raquel. She beat Chelsea Green, and then Ronda Rousey shows up, and her and Shayna are beating up uh, Raquel. I mean, Rousey. I mean, she she like just flew into into shot, didn't she? Like and then fell down after she kicked after she kicked Raquel. Oh, hopefully she didn't injure herself again. I mean, I mean it's just it's, yeah, it's crazy. I I, I, mean, I would never have believed that Ronda Rousey could mean as little as she does, but it is incredible. If you go back to the draft when she was drafted, it's just like oh, it might as well. I think it was probably more interesting if Akira Tazawa had been drafted and Baron Corbin. But that's the thing, you know, you, you talked about the match on SmackDown with Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez against Damage Control, and it's like, how is that going to... So, so if Shayna and Ronda come back, and let's say we are excited about Shayna and Ronda, let's try to okay. pretend that we are. Are we really going to be excited about a showdown with Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan? No. No, we're not. I mean, we saw we saw Liv versus uh, Ronda last year, didn't we? And it wasn't it wasn't very good. And, you know, Raquel's got this sort of awkward style that just doesn't flow. And I just, as I say, I don't understand it. I mean, she she had a really good match worked out in, in NXT and it wasn't the same match every time. And WWE does this and it's very frustrating whether you say, right, you're going to do like six things or whatever. And you're just going to do those things in your matches and that's it. And we're just going to base your matches around those few key spots. And I know that's what they used to do back in the day. And I think the theory is that they do that so that everyone can work with each other smoothly, but it's not working. <laughs> it just isn't. So, yeah, I'm not excited at all about uh, Ronda and Shayna versus uh, Raquel and Liv Morgan. Um, I mean, Isla Dawn and uh, Alba Fire, you know, I know they're on the other brand, but someone needs to save this women's division. I mean, Rhea Ripley, I mean, she's heading into a feud with Natalia Kenny. Yeah, I mean, who Nat- wants to see that? Natalia, who last week walked down to the ring to confront Rhea Ripley as she was beating someone up. Yeah, down the book um, it was. Uh, yeah, so I mean, um, 
Then, then the last thing for Raw I wanted to talk to you about was obviously we had the main event of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Judgment Day, so set up in the opener. Um, but the interesting part was we did see before the match uh, that uh, Paul Heyman had seen Imperium backstage. He ended up phoning Roman Reigns, and this played into it because Sami and KO seemed to have everything in hand. Sami's going for his finisher, and then Gunther grabs Sami's leg, um, distracts the referee, and then uh, then Balor hits the shotgun drop kick, could the grand Sammy, it pins him, and uh, Heyman's very, very proud of himself, and it's pretty interesting, right, that Gunther has been, I guess, a hired gun for Heyman in the bloodline? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I mean, we, we had a confrontation earlier, didn't we, between Gunther and the rest of Imperium and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and Gunter said, listen, I don't like the way you treated my guys last week. And that led to a challenge. There's going to be a six-man match on next week's Raw between Imperium, Sammy, Kevin, and a mystery partner. So it led to that. But yeah, it's interesting to see what happens with Imperium and the bloodline. Because, I mean, I always, I, you know, I've got this sort of theory that one day we're going to get Gunter versus Roman Reigns. Possibly, most likely with Gunter as a as a baby face. I think that guy can do really well as a baby face. Doesn't yeah. need to happen this year, but next year, probably. Um, and I think that's a huge match, Roman Reigns versus Gunter. So I'm curious to see where all this goes. Yeah, with Imperium and the Bloodline, it's not obvious at all. No. And I thought it was really, um, you can tell that they are so proud of Damian Priest after the match with Bad Bunny of Backlash, because he they've been putting him over on commentary like he's, you know, the second coming. You know, they were praising him on SmackDown. He was getting, you know, all the props here on Raw as well. And um, and this was his reward, wasn't it? Balor and yeah. Priest defeating Zayn and Owens here on Raw. Okay, they had a lot of help. There was the shenanigans, the extracurricular activity, all that business. But they scored this big win here on Raw, which is quite a turnaround for, uh, for Finn Balor, wasn't it? Scoring yeah. the pin on Sami Zayn, that was a big win for him. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think I think since WrestleMania, the Bloodline stuff has been really pedestrian, really black compared to pre-WrestleMania and the return of Roman on uh, SmackDown and this stuff on Raw really feel like it's, feels like it's heated things up again. So I hope that that's going to be continued and we're going to keep getting that because once you give us something that's really good, if you then serve as the same thing, mediocre, we we don't really like it as much. We 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 long for the the you know it, it to be as top tier as it can be. And uh, I think this kind of having Roman in this tag match has added a new layer to it. I don't I didn't see anybody call anywhere that was going to happen. So uh, nice yeah, I, I really love the way they delivered it. Like Roman Reigns saying, "Yeah, it will be the bloodline who take the belts back," and then he just announced that it was going to be him and Solo versus. Zane and Owens at Night of Champions and Jimmy and Jay were like crushed, totally demoralized. You yeah. know, that they would just be putting the put on the naughty step, basically, hadn't they? <laughs> bad, you know, <laughs> screwing up. So um yeah, there's I'm I'm not sure where it's all going, and that's good. You know, sometimes I like it is nice when it's predictable. Uh, but you know, a lot of times it's uh it, it's really um encouraging and you know, really kind of stirring when you're uh, like, wow, where's this going? I just can't predict it. So there's a lot of that going on at the moment, a lot of, um, you know, unpredictable uh, goings on on Raw and SmackDown for that matter. So, uh, yeah, and I'm play- I, the thing is, I'm with you on the Bloodline thing, and it did kind of drop off a cliff after WrestleMania, but it was going to. And they needed, Jimmy and Jay needed to lose that rematch in order for us to reach the point we're now at. So Roman had to kind of go away. And he didn't, I think they would have rushed it if they'd done the rematch like the following week, the week after WrestleMania. I think it was good that they left it a few weeks after WrestleMania, about three or four weeks after WrestleMania. So to me, it played out at the right speed. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that it is what it is. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the go-home shows next week tonight at Champions. So uh, listen, I want to thank you for all your support, everybody. We will be recording the Power Slam podcast on Wednesday this week. So even though it comes out on Thursday, it will be Wednesday. So we'll we'll figure out some interesting stuff to talk about. And then we will probably have to pre-record next week's Power Slam podcast because I go on holiday. Um, so Finn and I will need to chat that out. Um, but we will make sure you get your content as always. Um, and Inside the Ropes magazine, 
You can pre-order issue 34 at InsideRotesMagazine.com. Gunther on the cover, his first time on the cover. Um, what a cover, Finn. Um, wonder who came up with that cover. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, great photo. Really good photo. And um, yeah, like, um, yeah, I thought, you know, I thought, thought, I think the cover looks really good. But I would say that, wouldn't I? <laughs> would. Well, uh, but yeah, listen, I want to thank you for all your support. Patreon, best way you can do that is support us, patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes. I completely forgot last week to upload last week's overrun. So I actually uploaded both last week's and this week's one yesterday. So the two Q&A specials are now up on Patreon for you to check out. Um, and yeah, we've got lots coming up uh, soon. We'll be recording the Judgment Day 2003 podcast before I go on holiday so that we've got everything in the can and so that you don't miss content. Um, so that's the dedication. And then I'm even going to I'm even gonna break rule, Finn, because I'm going away on a nine-day cruise. Right. On the 25th of May, but I will be uh, doing a What's Going Down With You on like the begin the, the beginning of June one, whatever it is, or, or the end of May, because there'll okay. be, there'll be so, night there'll be night of champions and double or nothing to talk about, so can't leave the people hanging. That'll be June, June the 6th, won't it? Tuesday, June 6th? No, it'll be, uh, it'll be the one before that, it'll be... Oh, uh, yeah, 30th of May. 30th, 30th of May. Yes. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be making sure to yeah, we'll be making sure to uh, to do that podcast because you know uh, big things will happen. So when there's big, oh, yeah, it's a huge weekend. We got battleground as well from NXT. Yeah, three uh, three shows. So I mean, yeah, I, if if it had been a week with no shows, I would have probably just taken it off. But I think the people are going to want to hear us talk about it and, and dissect. So. That's what you need to do. I'll need, I'll need to just take a wee hour away with a wee, wee afternoon cocktail fin. I'm down to the, <laughs> down to the, the wee, yeah, uh, wee room. Yeah, I know, Kenny. I know you'll be wanting to talk about Under Siege from Impact Wrestling. That's May 26th. Don't forget about that one. I mean, we're, we're going to open with that. I don't know if I want to want to cover Under Siege when I'm on a boat, but um, we'll... Well, well, exactly, yeah. That's, that's going to be a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> we'll be expecting Steven Seagal, you know, as the cook. He'll save you. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, but anyway, yeah, we'll, uh, the content will keep coming even though I am going away. So, yeah, thank you very much for all your support, and we'll talk to you soon. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.